Merry Christmas and welcome to Weaving Web 3 with me, James. Me, Reindeer Chris. And me, Stash, with Santa Claus in the corner. Hopefully on the edit. <laughs> see, <laughs> see if Chris does as, does as well here or does Stash dirty and just have an elf I'm there or something. i the Krampus in the background instead. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So for this Christmas episode, um, we'll let you a bit inside baseball. We've pre-recorded this. We're not stuffed full of turkey. but So what we thought we'd do is normally we pick topics of the week. So we're going through and we talk about whatever's happened. We will have all those topics. They'll probably be coming next week. So what we thought we'd do is do something that is probably good for new people getting into crypto and sort of how we might recommend getting into crypto the very first time. And one thing we thought we would do is watch a crypto documentary. So we've all all um, watched a crypto documentary this week and we're going to talk about what we thought about it. So we watched Cryptopia, uh, which is a second documentary, the same director. And he's essentially talking about what blockchains are. It's very Bitcoin focused, which is fine because that's probably the most common token that anyone would have heard of um, and goes through some various bits in his documentary. So what I wanted to ask you guys was what was sort of the first thing you did to get into crypto? You know, did you read a book? Did you see an article? Did you watch a documentary? Like what sort of got you interested? Yeah. I spammed every single social media possible, searching what is crypto, this is crypto, just anything. And TikTok, I don't know why, suddenly TikTok is the app for everything. Just saw some random person giving a firebang, 30 second explanation of what is crypto and how it's going to change your future. And I was like, hang on a second, changing future, money, I'm in. And then after that, I just basically started to evolve myself in reading articles, journals, and research people. Stash like, is a little crypto goblin. He sits in Discord <laughs> look, looking for airdrops, just <laughs> trying to spy them out. I'm not just doing airdrops. I'm looking for the right technologies because they're going to start banning people for like crypto hunting airdrops because those people are bad. Yeah, um, yeah. Of course, Stash would never do that. <laughs> He's got all his hunting gear hidden behind him. Yeah. <laughs> 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 exactly the big <laughs> the big reindeer winks there and chris how about you how did you get sort of interested um, in crypto so, so my first like interaction with crypto i would say was um back in the day i it was like i was about 22 or 23 and i got scammed so basically i bought like a new iphone and mm. i bought it off country and i didn't realize that bank transfers can't be reversed <laughs> really yeah. or i couldn't figure out how to do it and um yeah i've transferred someone like 300 quid i think mm. and they never sent the phone and then i kind of tried to track their ip address afterwards and stuff like that and it turns out they were in america and so mm. my reaction to realizing that i'd been scammed and i realized on my birthday actually on the first of january because i bought it as like a birthday gift for myself um <laughs> And uh, so I looked up, I was like, <laughs> trying to figure out how to make money back quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and like a lot of trading stuff came up and crypto was there as well. Um, because it was sort of the spur of the moment thing. And I was like, just annoyed. Um, I never really went down the path then. But then um, obviously the whole GME thing happened. Hmm. And I was kind of jumped on the bandwagon with GME. Um, mm. I bought one GME. I made a profit on that one GME. And uh, yeah. Mm. Um, and then I saw on on Twitter, because everyone was talking about GME 
came on Twitter, so I made a Twitter account. Like I had a look on that, and everyone was talking about Doge. I was like, "What's Doge?" Right? I've never heard yeah. of this. Oh, it's it's a meme. Oh, this thing. And so through that, I ended up making. I think my first account was Trading Two One Two. Yeah. And I quickly realized that that was terrible um, because they ended up like limiting GME stocks and stuff like that. And then I made a Kraken account and Kraken was, you could buy a Doge if you wanted, you could buy whatever. I was, I think there were only like 15 different cryptocurrencies on there mm. uh, at the time, but I was like, okay, I'll put a hundred quid into Doge, put a hundred quid into Doge, then had a look at the other ones, did a little bit of research, bought some Sia coin and that, pumped quite a bit and then now it's down massively but um, <laughs> that was kind of my first interaction I kind of jumped in head first and without doing that much research which ended up benefiting me on the doge front because I made quite a bit of money on the doge but hmm. yeah see for me this might be weird I loved learning about internet scams so it's it's hilarious that that was like, sort of like what put you into there it's like I used to <laughs> I love like tech and I was always like proper nerdy and loved like computers and stuff. Like I've mentioned on other podcasts, like I used to do like Xbox hacks and things like you just put like silly names and rainbows and whatever. And so I used to love to learn about like all these scams and it was a massive thing in like all these like scam people. Everyone was always talking about Bitcoin because the exact same reason Chris was saying there with like the bank transfers at the end of the day, if you're doing a lot of scamming, that bank account is linked to somebody somewhere at some point. But if you were doing it with Bitcoin, you could just burn the wallet, toss it out, and you, you mean you as long as you've shifted the currency on, then yes, it's out there and that anyone could see what wallet it had gone to, but it didn't matter because it wasn't linked to you as a physical person. So that's when I learned about it. But I never made an account or bought any when it was dirt cheap because I was like, ah, that's all sort of drug money and scammed money and stuff. Um, so I'd known about it for a very long time, but didn't really get I, I didn't get into it early because I was like, it just it seems so dodgy. Um, but I think it's hilarious. It did cause... for a long time. I I think the legitimacy of it came when it ended up booming up to like the big numbers that it did. Because I remember mm. hearing about Bitcoin in 2013, and my my mate was like, "Oh yeah, it's just this sort of coin that people use to buy drugs with." And I was like, "Oh, that sounds like something I'm never going to use because I don't do drugs." So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, I remember seeing that the um. I remember, I remember seeing on the news Bitcoin hit a thousand dollars, and I was like, "This is nuts! This is crazy!" And then, like, you look at the numbers like last year, and you think, like, look, look at the numbers now, and you're like, "Oh, fifteen grand! Yeah, I'll buy that!" Like, because it's just it's it's gone up madly. Um, yeah. But no, I would say, like, having watched this documentary, I think it was actually quite a good little explainer of sort of how blockchain technology works. The, the, the bit that was really good, I thought at the beginning, was they sort of explained how the wallets work and how the keys work like what's a private key what's a public key how that works what your store of value is and all that sort of bit so i think if you did want to get into crypto or learn a bit more starting on this it's completely fine like it's, it's on netflix it's on youtube as well for free it's on youtube as well yeah yeah, yeah so you can just pick it up anyone can watch it go and find it um but during the thing and we're not trying to sort of blow up the whole documentary but during it um you get a little bit of the ethics of crypto. So I think what a lot of people who are very new need to understand is the whole thing is new. And there seem to be a lot of very intelligent people who have got very strong ethical views on things. Um, narratives and have it in their kind of favor. 
Which is in every single institution, if you look at. Yeah, absolutely. But it's sort of... Um, one thing I was going to talk about was, or ask these guys to talk about as well, was uh, when we look at things like forks in cryptocurrency. So I'll just explain for everyone at home who doesn't know what a fork is. If you're running a cryptocurrency called Stash Token, and it's run by me, Chris, and Stash, and Stash says, no, this token needs to do X, and it only ever needs to do X. But me and Chris think it needs to do Y. You can sometimes get a fork, which is just where it splits like a fork in the road and you then get a classic and a new or something. So uh, one one of the first ones that happened was Bitcoin split between Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. And the argument there was uh, one party said, we want it to be a store of value. And like, so uh, like appreciating assets. So something that would get grow in value over time. And the other said, side said, no, 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 this is supposed to replace cash. This is meant to be a digital non-government backed cash. And that's why they split. So Bitcoin is still that store of value. And then you've got Bitcoin Cash, which is low, lower gas fees, um, et cetera. So more usable as cash. Yeah. So, so that's what a fork is. And they, they talk about that and sort of the divergences. Um, I want to know what you guys thought about projects that are fork, that fork off and fork off maybe. Um, <laughs> fork off and make different, look at each other, tell each other to fork off. They, they go and make different projects. And do you guys think that that is confusing for people? Do you think that's reasonable? What, what do you sort of think? How do, should people have to reconcile the differences or make a new token? Uh, as a beginner, getting into it and not understanding it, the differences between like Ethereum Classic and Ethereum aren't going to be like very apparent because you won't you don't really mm. understand. So for beginners, I believe forking and being named the same thing basically, like Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin, um, is quite confusing in functionality terms. Obviously, forking is a necessity for these projects and mm. stuff like that, um, and it kind of shows like you know ethereum right the ethereum classic like is a lot cheaper and stuff like that like it's different technology it's they're, they're almost two different things but if you know what you're doing right well, but as a beginner would you say it's like coca-cola you've got original coke you've got yeah. diet coke and you've got coke zero they're all yeah. drinks they all serve a similar purpose but one's full of sugar and it's what people love. It's a classic. This mm. one is a is a diet market for some reason, whatever. And then Coke Zero is it's got all the, the dietness of this one, but tastes like the first one. Yeah. And it's sort of I think that's so, really, yeah. So right, that Coca-Cola thing is quite a good example. However, it's kind of like saying, Oh, we've got Coca-Cola Zero, Coca-Cola uh, classic, and Diet Coke, right? They're all the same style drink started by the same company, but now they're kind of run by different people. Yeah, that, that is where it's different. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, right? So um, you can't really compare, because obviously Coca-Cola is still one combined company. Mm. They run the whole thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of like that. I, yeah. But I think it's it's difficult. And as I've said this to you guys before, like if you're new and you go to buy Bitcoin, and you see Bitcoin Classic, Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, blah, 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 blah. you yeah. don't know which ones are linked to the official Bitcoin, which yeah. ones are spoofed names that are something else that doesn't relate. Because if you go and look for BTC, 
you will yeah. find other tokens with BTC that are, are scam tokens or whatever. So I just think there's a real lack of transparency and it can be very confusing for new people sort of trying to find the right token. Mm. Um, and That's what you go to a centralized exchange. Mm. But in the case of like also for when you look at tokens, everyone uses coin market cap basically. And like, that's not like kind of like a regulated like says there is no regulated system there is no regulation so any any old joke could literally because the nature of the blockchain itself when you create the contract or when you create the coins you have the freedom to call whatever it is mm-hmm. and then that there comes part of your argument being like oh it needs to be more friendly but that you're censoring people's right to free speech because of the whole um transparency of what the blockchain's meant to be do, well, I do, totally agree with you that there is. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because with the with the forks, so again, when we talk about forks, it can sometimes be because people disagree. One thinks it should be a diet drink. One thinks it should be full fat, which is a hilarious name for a drink that has no fat in it, full sugar. But but that's the split. But sometimes a fork can be technological. So like mm-hmm. Ethereum is going from proof of work to proof of stake. So it's gone from Ethereum 1.0 to Ethereum 2.0, Ethereum 1.0 will disappear, but will, will it be entirely replaced by 2.0? As I understand it, you tell me if that's wrong. No, no, yeah, so we're on proof of stake. Well, yeah. But so in that, although that is technically classed as a fork, but there is only one product. So that's a bit like a recipe change rather than... Do you see what I mean? Like rather than a subdivision yeah. of Coke yeah, Zero yeah, or a yeah. Diet Coke. That, like enhancing the flavor of something. Yeah. So. yeah, new ingredients, new whatever, new whatever. But it's that can also be called a fork. So if people are out there looking for something, you go, oh, what's the Ethereum fork? Doesn't mean the people in Ethereum have had a massive bust up. Sometimes it is technological as well. But yeah. But sometimes they do have a massive bust up. <laughs> sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. It's just, it's just an interesting one to me that sort of you can piggyback the name and make it yourself because sort of like bitcoin cash was a brand new token with all the prestige of bitcoin with it already do you see what i mean like you're going away from the ethos ethos of that original token but keeping all the brand and Mm. it just seems like a weird one to me because you know it's going to blow up but the problem with that is as well the guy making bitcoin cash could keep as much of that as he wanted so um was it it's ripple isn't it xrp the 80% of that total supply is owned by the original people who made it. Anymore. They're like, over time, they have been selling off, like, in, like, the part of the... Well, day. and making a load of money, Stash. Oh, but yeah, do you know exactly. what I mean? Like, but that, <laughs> over time, they've been making lots of money of selling off their assets. Of that they created. They 80%. <laughs> yeah. but, but so there's always, there's that bit as well, that the founder can hold back as many tokens as they want. They can control the supply. Um uh, but yeah, so uh, and that's always a thing. But then they're always hoping that they want to release some of the supply because they want the value to go up. Is essentially how it lands. And also, you get to a position that happens with stocks and shares as well. Like Elon Musk is the most valued, the richest man in the world, but he can't sell all his Tesla stock at once because if he did, well, it would all crash. Did you not see he sold like three point eight billion of it? The other he's, day. Sell- he's selling a lot. He yeah. is selling a lot, but <laughs> no. What what do you guys think? So we talked about sort of the ethics of people running like a cryptocurrency. What do you guys think are the benefits? Because take like a base level. What are the benefits of cryptocurrency sort of ethically? Do you guys see? I think it will. Well, it basically gives back um, 
like self-sovereignty and like kind of like individuality because like we have we spoke about this before about the uh, whole problem that's happening in venezuela their hyperinflation their currency changes every, i think it was every hour in the documentary they said mm. and cryptocurrency can prevent and save that volatility they can put their money into like stable coins like usdt or usdc or like bitcoin which is a store of value which over time goes up and it's gives them that sense of security and then there's zero chance that the bank's going to be like hang on a second we're going to take your money away because when you're in a bank they control your money and they can in a matter of seconds prevent you having any access to it but mm. one thing with cryptocurrencies when you have the key your keys to your wallet are only controlled by you and you are the only sole user so it gives you that sense of security in my opinion and that's what I feel when I have cryptocurrency, mm. that I am securing myself from the supposedly good guys, which is the government and who are meant to be protecting us. Although I will say, like, our governments, like the UK government, mainly like a lot of the first world countries' governments do protect us. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There, there are some countries that are just terrible. Like you said about like Venezuela, there's a lot of like nations where the governments are, I mean... They're dictatorships, or they're not very well run, or they're all these other things. And it's like you said, Stash. So, yeah, the way I think of it is, let's say you're a person in Nigeria, and you... Oh, no, it was Zimbabwe, right? And you've got billions and billions of Zimbabwean dollars, or whatever they are, and they're worth nothing, basically, Mm. right? So, because, as you said, like, hyperinflation and stuff like that, it degrades the value of your coin. Then let's say adopting Bitcoin as their coin. It's kind of them being like, wait, we're getting rid of Zimbabwean dollars. We're going to euros, right? Mm. Euros is more like one Bitcoin you can trade, you can use with the rest of the world. Zimbabwean dollars, you're going to be like, oh, I have here's three billion Zimbabwean dollars. And someone in England is going to be like, no, you can keep them, mate. I don't want mm. them. Yeah. Um, it's more accessible trading and more um more trust and belief in the project i guess than in your own governments you've made a really interesting point there chris i don't think i've ever really properly thought about before right if i'm if my country has real problems financially right so we can't get taxes right we can't do this right we always struggle with hyperinflation suddenly our currency is worth loads it's worth nothing blah 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 what would be to stop a country utilizing uh, a euro or a dollar pegged token as all their currency because really if, if your country's dealing with this inflation just peg it to something that it doesn't and do you know what i mean and pay your workers in usdt or you know i'm sure us euros whatever is usde um but like to <laughs> It wouldn't be USD, would it be EURT? <laughs> no, it would be <laughs> EU. <laughs> I was like, oh, my, my brain wasn't working there. I thought the T stood for US <laughs> for some reason. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like setting it to something that is uh, stable and therefore protecting your nation. Um, yes, however, I believe that, that there's definitely some regulation issues there because you're basically saying my currency is based on Europe's currency. Uh, so if Euro's, Euro's currency collapses, that yeah, means um, if the euro collapses, we got bigger problems. It's like that Rick yeah. and Morty episode where they change the value of the dollar, whatever it is, to, from one to zero. If the euro goes, 
uh, it doesn't matter how many Zimbabwean dollars you've got, you're you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> However, like I believe, I think there's definitely a problem in the, um, in the what's it cooperation of those countries. Mm. Like Europeans will not like something like the Zimbabwean dollar, even or Zimbabwean currency, even if it's pegged to the euro, to be associated with their euro because it probably gives them a bad name. But, but they wouldn't get a choice. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit belligerent, but if that was my country, I'd be like, oh, tough, tough luck. We've pegged it to the euro. That's what it's worth. You know, we'll, we'll trade in that. But then we'll you trade... get, like, political tensions, and I, can, I guess, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting one. It's sort of like... It is really... an interesting, like, way to put it, but, yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like currencies like El Salvador, isn't it, that's yeah. taken on Bitcoin as, as their main currency. Um... I mean, they've done that for the pure reason that Bitcoin is a lot more of a stable currency than their own, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and and they benefit massively from like Bitcoin going up. Although I'm pretty sure they've probably wrecked their economy now. <laughs> now because they bought at like forty k. Countries in the world, yeah. From what they're doing, like all the countries that all the American countries, or even the IMF said what El Salvador's doing. Oh, it's terrible. They don't because they're scared. They they know what they're doing is is the right thing. Or I personally think like some rally. Yeah, <laughs> what, what I was gonna say is, have you guys seen about uh, Ruja Ignatova with the whole one coin scam? Yes. Yes. Um, I I listened to the podcast. It was the the missing crypto queen. queen. So yeah. what I would what I'd say to other people as well is as well as Cryptopia, if you're more podcast people, which you might be, um, the Missing Crypto Queen podcast is a BBC podcast, isn't it? BBC one, um, yeah. It's it is excellent, and it talks about that and and that one coin, the coin that gets used in that scam, um, actually penetrates Africa hugely. Um, and that's where I was sort of talking yeah. about the cryptocurrencies that a lot of these people are looking for an alternative, um, and are looking. A lot of the time they're looking to get make money. Yeah. Um, and I think one thing that people need to be aware of as well in the crypto space is if your currency is very weak compared to the euro, if you're making lots of euros, you're making loads of your currency. So like that's what I'm talking about, where it gives people access in those markets to deal in higher values. So if you're an artist in a country that's poor, and you can do your NFT collection and mint it online. No one cares what your nation's currency is, whatever. You're just selling it for ETH. And if people are buying it in Sweden or in Finland or in the US where they've got lots of money, or like a bit of like China, except like their areas in China, very, very affluent people, they don't care that it's costing them a grand, whereas a grand might be a year's wages for someone doing art typically in your city. So that's yeah. another thing that blockchain gives people the option is you can open into markets that are far wealthier than your own. That's and very It gives you economic freedom, right? Like yeah. it, you're not constrained to your local area, right? Because mm. anyone in the world can click buy, send yeah. the ETH over or whatever, and they've got it. Absolutely. And what do you guys because obviously one of the big utilities of crypto is cutting out middlemen, isn't it? You know, yeah. like you two will talk about it in a second. I'm sure you both got family abroad. When you send money, 
there's all these little banks go, oh, I'm going to pass that up to £100 onto you. Oh, fantastic. I'll take three quid out of it. Cheers. And they're just moving ones and zeros from one ledger to another and just take three yeah. quid transaction free because they can. And sort of blockchain can get you around that. So I don't know if, if Chris or Stash would like to jump in on that. But So, uh, so every time, I just want to point out, um, in Greece, right, um, I think it was the same in the UK at one point as well, but every time you transfer money, from one bank account to another bank account, you pay like a fee. Every time you take money out of an ATM, you pay a fee. Like, it's things like that. Like, it all adds up massively. Like, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm just going to take a tenner out of the ATM because you're going to end up paying like three euros to get it out. Mm. Like, yeah. The, the, anyway, Greek, the, the Greek economy is often in trouble. I, I'm not sure their system is working that well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like my dad lives abroad in Poland and he sends me money every month just to help me sustain myself. And for a very long time, he used to get like charged 20 quid uh, equivalent. And for he's been sending me money for years. And ever since I discovered cryptocurrency and stuff like that, I was like, hang on a second. There's, there's a there's a place where you could literally, he can buy, I introduced him to Revolut because there's an in, European international thing. And then basically... You can basically buy cryptocurrency on Revolut and then send it to someone else for basically zero fees, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that saves him so much money. It saves me money as well, because sometimes he'll give me that extra 20 quid or something like that. So it's like, yeah, it's that that frictionless taking out of all these greedy bankers waiting to like, oh, yes, thank you. Thank you. You know that the... The hot that meme picture where you have bankers at the top dripping like the tap, and there's that mm. person waiting. You eliminate all of that, and it's basically the seamless transactions of yeah. And you've got to think how many trillions of dollars, pounds, etc., get sent around every year. It is obscene. Mm. And then if you think that the banks are all taking these charges, you could you're not going to save yourself trillions, but doing you'll save yourself quite a lot of money through the international transfers and stuff like that. So I think that's a big utility of blockchain technology for, that that everyday people can use. You know, yeah. you don't need to pay these fees. And also, no one's looking at your data. Now, people get confused because they go, right, well, if anyone can see my data at any time, is that not less secure than a bank having it? And um, What you've got to think about is the banks will look at that data and will do things for other parties. And also that they are tying you to a bank account. So you set up your bank account, they'll have your ID, they'll have your address, they'll have all this info on you. Now, the same does happen with the, the KYC on the crypto companies, but they don't follow you all the way through the blockchain. And it's like, you might be KYC on one website on one end and wherever you get them out, and so might the other person, but you don't have, there isn't as much snooping and fee taking on the way as well. Yeah, that's the thing. The big thing. Um, it's harder to track transactions on the blockchain, especially for newer people and people that don't know how to use like Ethic, the, in, the Explorer for like different blockchains. It's mm. much harder than people be like, oh, I'm not interested to follow. If you do get scammed, like at first when I got scammed of some crypto, I was like, oh, I'll try to track the money. But it's being fired about all these wallets. I was like, oh, I can't be bothered, whatever. But now this time I could literally be like, okay, it's gone to this account, this account. And then you see it goes to like an exchange account. You can be like, hang on a second. Maybe if I contact that exchange and be like, okay, this is this guy scammed me of this money. They could be like, okay, this is this guy's email, blah, 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 blah. And 
that could lead to a prosecution. But it, because it is much harder, it involves a lot of effort to do that. People are less likely to report these scams and stuff like that. But but at least, Stash, you have the option of doing that. You have the absolute Because in the banking system, you don't. Yeah. You just, like, yeah. if someone scams you, like, Chris got scammed at 300 quid, there is not a chance on God's green earth that the bank ever look into it. They do not care. So that, that's but, what I found. That's what I found, right? Because mm. I contacted like at the time there was like Scam Watch or whatever. I contacted them. They don't care. At the end of the day, it's three hundred quid. Yeah. Like that might be a lot of money to me, but they're more involved with <clears throat> oh this twenty thousand pound scam. Oh this two hundred and fifty thousand pound scam. They're mm. they're not gonna go out their way to like try and return my measly three hundred quid, which I'd saved up over like. A, few months <laughs> and that's the, it's, it's just not worth anyone's time whereas yeah. i think it, it's so difficult isn't it because there will always be people out there trying to scam you yeah. and, I, and i think that's that's something they didn't really touch on, on the documentary they didn't really talk about the pitfalls uh, they talked a lot about like this is how good the technology could be without sort of warning people and i get it you've only got an hour and a half and they're at the end of the day they're trying to sell it to you they want you yeah. to watch it, think this is interesting, this is good, I'll go buy some, probably. They don't want to shrink the potential market. But I think people do need to have a bit of a more of a balanced view. And I would just say, do, do your research. Just do your own around. research, there we go. It's banded around all the time. <laughs> but there are certain exchanges that are very well known that if you wanted to get started getting into crypto, like... Uh, Probably Coinbase is the biggest one that did a proof of reserves recently. Finance. I Finance. Still, there is fair FUD going on around, but I still trust the big players. Like... I, I personally like Kraken and Chris likes Crypto.com. But like, there's a few big players. Um, but, but just because they're a big player doesn't mean they can't go bust. Like FTX yeah. was a I big, mean, big player. FTX, exactly, yeah. So... Yeah. Um, and one thing I was going to talk about on that, and this isn't so much to do with the documentary, but there was a, a nice little Christmas gift for somebody if they are a bit more into crypto, was that Ledger have released a new product that looks absolutely awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the the Ledger stacks. I didn't know if anyone wanted to share the screen and just show what uh, what a stack mm -hmm. looks like. I can do it if you want. I mean, it's it was co-designed by one of the original iPhone designers, if I'm not mistaken. I think I share my screen here. This here is a ledger stacks. So it's designed to look like a phone. So essentially it's got a screen here. Now this is for anyone watching. This is like a little bit further in from a podcast, but when we talk about like where you keep your crypto, you can keep it on a hardware device and something like this links up with an app to your phone. I wish that was my balance. Um, <laughs> let you see your, see your tokens and sort of have all your secure, all your private keys securely on this so that no exchange has got control of them. And what happened in FTX was uh, a lot of people put money into a big exchange. The exchange essentially went bust, but they just kept, they had everyone's tokens and their private keys. So they kept them all and said, look, sucks to be you. Having something like this would protect you. And um, it's not that it's not that this is anything revolutionary. It's essentially the same tech that's in their older products. But if Stash has got one, she can yes, hold up. I do. Can flick over. This, um, there we go. There this we is go. My beautiful Nano Ledger X. Oh, the my lighting is terrible. <laughs> um, this is my basically hardware wallet where I will send my cryptocurrencies that 
I will keep for the essential life. It's my life investment, essentially, not ones I will play around every now and then. I'll send a bit of I don't know, ETH, Bitcoin, XRP, whatever, really, that I'm going to be like, okay, I'm not touching, that I don't need initial, like right now in my life, that is just slowly investing. So, yeah. And like, I can, if I ever want to make a transaction, you put your, like, your securing pin and it's basically encrypted and it's safe. As long as you also keep your private keys somewhere separate, you can lose this happily because when you buy a new one, you need to reset it. Your key is essentially the master private key to unlock your wallet. Yeah, but no, so that's tattooed jailbreak style all over your yeah, body. It's basically <laughs> that's actually a great idea. <laughs> you can guarantee your private key tattooed on you. Yeah. Um, but no, the one other thing that they touched on in this documentary that I wanted to mention about was um, Ethereum had a large hack. Now Ethereum is a is a protocol. Yeah. Um, we were talking about the forks earlier. Um, they had a large hack and they lost a lot of their ETH, which is the or ether that runs this on Ethereum. Like the very beginning when they kind of first started. So it's not hackable right now, essentially. Well, I mean, everything's hackable, but it's, but this, yeah, they had a security flaw. And what they decided to do was to do what you never do in blockchain technology, which was to roll back the blockchain and essentially delete those blocks, which is the whole purpose of blockchain is that you don't ever do that, mm. is that the blocks are in there, cemented there, there for the rest of time. That's sense. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? And does that undermine what blockchain technology is supposed to be about? Or do you think the success of Ethereum proves that that was the right decision and that its utility needed to survive? Where where do you guys land on that? I I would be absolutely for it because I feel like it was so early on in the basically blockchain days that that could have literally cost the entire project that could have been like no Ethereum right now. Maybe blockchain technology is another few years in the back because Vitalik came up with this amazing idea, this amazing technology that could have so much potential. But because most of the money was basically uh, taken away because of a bug that they mm-hmm. left, that for me, I that think would have been the Ethereum killer, right? Yeah, <laughs> basically, and Ethereum is the number two uh, crypto right now. Like. If anything's going to compete with Bitcoin currently, <laughs> like it's Ethereum, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and if they hadn't done that, I believe they would definitely not be as successful as they are today. However, to play devil's advocate as well, if they can do that, what's to stop, say, some other crypto company going about being like, oh, yeah, now we've got the blockchain and then rolling it back. Well, this is why we need the the larger decentralization, mm. like the nodes and stuff. Like BNB did it when there was the hack. They didn't. They 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 stopped the blockchain. They didn't revert the blocks backwards, mm. but, mm. but they were able to essentially stop. They stopped it. it. Okay. okay. It's it's really interesting, isn't it? Because we go back to the ethos and the ethics of it. One side of the parties think well. The point of it is to be decentralized. And I think the other part think, well, n- it's it's going to end up centralized, but it's the future. And I think that's where you argue a little bit where the centralized guys will say, well, of course we had to roll it back because otherwise it was going to die. And the decentralized guys go, no, that's the whole point is you're acting like a bank. And I think that's where you get the clash in the community 
is that what's happened is you've mixed technology guys. What, what's the quote about um, blockchain? His American says it. And he said, cryptocurrency is everything you don't know about computers mixed with everything you don't know about money. Oh, it was John Oliver. Yeah. John Oliver. And, but that's that's a classic quote, isn't it? And mm. you think, I don't know, it's, I'm pretty sure it's in the documentary. It's a classic quote, but it's exactly what it is. You end up with some guys who are like economics guys, finance guys, and some guys who are computer guys. And mm. a lot of them have different clashing ethoses because a lot of the time the computing coding guys can be quite liberal. Um, and whereas the guys who are the financial guys are very much numbers based and looking to make profits. And I think that's where it's the same with the Internet, though, I think, when it first came it about. It's to be for the freedom of information. And they even say in the documentary that they the telephone companies like we want to buy it or something. like Yeah, that. We'd, we'd like to. Yeah. But then it's the same with blockchain, isn't it? Like those people don't understand what you're offering them. Because yeah. the idea of we'd like to buy the Internet is hilarious. But like, that's it doesn't. The whole thing doesn't work like <laughs> we that. We like this. It's mine now. <laughs> yeah, literally. But like, we'd like to buy the internet. Okay, well, that's not how the internet works, but fine. It's the same as if someone said, oh, we'd like to buy the blockchain. Well, you can start a new one, but the blockchain is, it's, it's public. Or you can own part of it. That's the whole point of the crypto. Yeah. Own part of the blockchain, and then you have your say in it by voting with the tokens that you have. Yeah, it's just, I, I think it's fascinating, and... I think it's too early. Like we, there won't be that perfect blockchain right now. We need innovation, and we're, we're looking at the nineteen nineteen nineties websites. Yeah, is what we're looking at at the moment. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that if you're here now listening to this, in, it's nineteen ninety five, right? <laughs> the millennium's around the corner. Yeah, have a look, learn about it, because in twenty years' time, you'll be like twenty twelve. Just remember Bitcoin, Bitcoin, and then. 20 when was it 2018 2019 board ape yacht club <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is though like the, the technology's evolved so quickly that people are still very new to it and like yeah. we're new to it everyone is yeah get yeah, in now le- learn about it because i i personally don't think it's going anywhere and i i, I had I mean, a 20 20 to 30 years when we're still doing this podcast just we, come yeah. and watch us and we'll be like we told you so yeah, we're, we're going to be on our like our Mars base. We're going to be like beaming down from our like. We'll have like asteroids with like projectors on Earth, being like, "Watch our podcast today." <laughs> no, it'd be, be me, Chris, and some guy who has to. Do, he has to open a donut exactly, every single yeah, week. Stash won't be involved at in that. Point. Stash won't be there, but we'll make that guy open a donut every single week <laughs> yeah. in his memory. Okay. Stash, Stash made 62 billion off an ICO that he didn't tell us about and he no yeah. longer does the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but we we have a, he sends money in every every week for a guy to do a donut reveal. Yeah. <laughs> but that's I, it. I like I sell donuts for life. No, he, he's opened his own donut shop and he yeah. sends <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I think my my summary of this would be that the the documentary is a good beginning documentary for a lot of people to get involved in it we've touched on some of the main topics that sort of flow through it but haven't given away everything they talk about but i would say if you've listened to this or if you listen to any of our series and would like somewhere to learn a bit more because we don't go over all the basics we're sort of we sort of do more news topics and our opinions don't we rather than um helping people learn we're not we're infotainment we are not educational Um, if you can call it that, yeah. <laughs> barely, barely even that. But <laughs> what I'd say is, go and watch a documentary like this. Go and listen to um, the Missing Crypto Queen. 
which is a BBC podcast that has got and a lot of... still confused about anything, just go in our comment section, right? Yeah. 100%. It's so busy. Now. I, I'm honestly waiting. I've got my notification. As soon as someone writes something, I'm like, bang. Drop, yeah. a, drop a comment, drop a like, do whatever you need to do. Reach out to us. Uh, but exactly. most of all... And, and get in while Stash is still here. Cause, yeah, you know. because <laughs> I might say some secret word, like a secret ICO. You in it? Yeah. And we're, we're flying to the moon. Rocket. We're going to tell Stash to fork off and we're going to bring in a replacement <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be happy days, just like his jumper. Exactly. And, and the uh, Web3 classic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With George's stash on his own. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, th- I think, yeah, that's what I would say is if you've got a bit of time between now and New Year's, find a crypto documentary. Cryptopia is the one we watched. We'll put a link to the YouTube video down below. Um, give it a watch, drop us some comments, tell us what you thought about it. Do you think it was good? Stash has literally had it, we've got rid. No, I'm just making sure I've got the stuff ready for the final bit of the episode. Oh, the final bit of the episode. So, yeah, absolutely. Find a bit of time, go and have a listen, um, go and have a watch, and we'll hand over to Stash for the final bit of our of our very Christmassy episode. One one sec, I need to make sure I have the box the right way, because the name of the place, it comes in a box. You know, this a good fancy Sasha's dad, if you're watching, do you know this is where all your money goes? It's on the luxury <laughs> yeah, donuts. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, wait, I need to open up the there's an onion. Okay, so oh, okay, ready? Three, two, oh, 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 uh, I mean, it's Christmas after all. So. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Um, it's also, like right? this golden flaky bit as well. So, praline. Let me tell you about this. Let me put it on a plate so there's no cheating on the. For plate. anyone just listening, Stash is opening a very delicious looking donut. So, oh, we are calling this the Black Forest, uh, donut. Black Forest donut. Black Forest donut. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, and I also think it has a filling. It's from a London-based donut shop. You can see the Ooh. nice red. Oh, look at this. Yeah. Is that like a cherry ganache in there? Yeah, perfect. You've got that spot. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Stash. Mm. I did see the box label. Oh. Uh, I I didn't because my eyes don't I'm work. not going to guess. I'm going to leave myself out of this. I but... don't have my glasses on. so I... <laughs> um, Right. I'm not going to be able to tell you where that's from. I'm not a London boy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that's from Thick and Hot Donuts. Oh, I like that name. Let's save that. <laughs> okay. That's could my guess. Shop. Could be something else. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, to be fair, <laughs> Thick and Hot was probably not the best name. But... Um, give us a guess. I bet you... Come on, Chris. Come on, Chris. You know. I mean, I mean... It, it looks very nice. It looks like one of the regular sort of like classic bougie, um, bougie shops. So definitely the fact that I didn't cheat will influence this um, decision. But uh, is it from Crosstown by any chance? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Guess it right. <laughs> oh my god! Well, to be fair, Chris, Yay. we've now got we've now got one each. So can, what, it's a yeah. Christmas miracle. I mean, I'll take half of that because <laughs> it was a bit cheap. <laughs> ah, yes. Well, I love on it. That, on that very merry bombshell, Christmassy, donutty surprise. 
Yeah. That was this week's Weaving Web 3 with me, James. With me, Reindeer Chris. And me, Stash. Live long and prosper and eat (laughs) journal.